0: You will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the Platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I wanna see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyhoer.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there, see what all the excitement is about. It's gonna be so much fun. Thanks to NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business and easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. NetSuite is offering you valuable insights from a free guide, 7 Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. Also, thanks to Lightbox Jewelry, a new company that specializes in laboratory-grown diamonds, which are chemically identical to natural ones. Although with Lightbox, you get gorgeous stones every time. To get $25 off your first order, go to lightboxjewelry.com slash dreamjob. Use the code dreamjob at checkout. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I'm still in Nashville. I stayed for a few days to do like a personal development retreat and I'll definitely keep you guys posted on how it goes. But I just want to give a shout out to everyone who is transcending a mindset, a mentality, a desire, a belief, a habit, an addiction, a behavior, or any vibration that no longer serves you. I really am so proud of you guys. I know that it's not easy to break through those things that you've held on to for so long. And I've learned about myself that certain ways that I've learned to accommodate or people pleasing or so many things I've done, they're really like survival skills. And at a certain point, we realize like this is no longer serving me, you know? And sometimes we start to become clear that these things that we've held on to, which made us feel safe, are actually hurting us and keeping us stuck. And that's actually why I loved having Gay Hendricks on last episode. I hope you guys heard it. So amazing. You should definitely go buy his book, The Big Leap. He's such a genius and his words will help you expand into your genius spiral and your true potential. And I just want you to notice like now, like we're coming to the end of the year, sometimes our greatest victories are the internal battles that we fought within that have led us beyond our fears and our self-doubt. So Keep loving yourself and keep stepping beyond whatever once felt safe into what truly is meant for you, what truly is meant to be yours. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Leanne Ford. She's an interior designer and author. She's also the star of the HGTV show Restored by the Fords she and her brother, contractor Steve Ford, they go around Pittsburgh transforming some of the most dated buildings into these magazine-worthy homes. Her new book is so good. It's called Work in Progress, Unconventional Thoughts on Designing an Extraordinary Life. Definitely grab yourself a copy of this because I know you're going to love the stories and lessons Leanne shares in, in her book. She's been featured in Architectural Digest, Country Living, GQ, Elle Decor, Martha Stewart, Better Homes and Gardens, The New York Times, and just so many more places. And what I think will really inspire you most about Leanne is how much confidence and fearlessness she just radiates. I hope that this will infuse you so that you can start getting out of your own way and making those really important steps forward. And you're going to see, like Leanne's story is just such a good reminder of what will happen when we let ourselves go down a path and how the universe responds and welcomes you. So without further ado, uh, please welcome the wonderful Leanne Ford. Thank you so much for being here, Leanne. This is such a treat. I'm so excited.
1: I like to talk to like minded folks. This uh, is perfect. Well,
0: you guys, if you don't already know her, if you don't watch her show, if you haven't followed her journey, you guys are going to be so into it. And then you're for sure going to want to watch the show. Sure. Um, can we go back? Because your journey is one that is super cool. In fact, I heard something about you as a, as a child. I read that as a child, your slogan was, my name is Leanne. If I want to, I can. Yes. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how this all came to be, because I know that before there was interior design, there was a lot of fashion in your life. Can you just tell us a little bit about the journey that led you here?
1: Yeah, so, you know, that slogan, my name is Leanna, if I want to, I can. My sister and my family, they still tease me with it all the time, but (laughs) I mean, it's how I lived when I was a little kid and it's how I live today, which I started out with a career in fashion, but, you know, I'd say even before that, I was doing fashion in college. I went to Ohio University and I found this program that was called a Bachelor of Specialized Studies and so I was able to create my own major that I was able to learn what I wanted, which is at the time was fashion and marketing. So I would make my own clothes. I would spray paint my t-shirts and cut everything up. And when it was time to graduate, I headed right to New York City, got an internship. I worked for free for a full year. Yeah. So I went into styling and creative direction uh, and had this awesome career for 15 years in fashion, and then about 10 years into my fashion career, I started doing interiors, and there was a full overlap. It was probably almost five years where I just did both jobs fully, and then finally I was like, you know what, it's time to pick one, and you know what the best part is, is once you pick a path, how much the universe and your friends and the people, how much everybody promotes you and pushes you forward. It's so exciting. Yep. So what happened then? So you know how I got into design was I fixed up this old one room schoolhouse outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah, was- I love this story. Yeah, so the schoolhouse was this old little one room schoolhouse that hadn't really been touched since maybe the 60s and I bought this house for a little bit of money and fixed it up. And it was the first time I got to rip out walls and do interesting things. And I was able to really forge exactly what I wanted it to be. And Country Living found out about it and they came and shot it. And Country Living was my favorite magazine. So good. And a year later it came out and people started calling me to design their homes and design their offices. And I was in fashion, but as a true freelancer spirit, I said, yes. And I called my friend, Danny Mazzarini. And I was like, how do I charge? How do I show them what I want to do? You know, how do I be an interior designer basically? Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of gave me this hour long tutorial. Okay, Leanne, just did it. And I hung up the phone and I <laughs> called these people back and I said, sure, I'll do it. Wow. And I, I said, you know, I'm learning. So if you're down to learn with me, um, then let's let's go. So
0: cool. I love that you just said yes. Just said yes. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have opportunities that sort of roll right by because the imposter syndrome kicks in and they say, no, 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 you don't understand. Like I bought a house and re- I'm not an interior designer. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I to do this? All of that feeling of self-doubt. Well, but- you
1: know, the way you say I'm an interior designer is go design interiors, you know? It's that easy. It's like if you want to be an interior designer, then start moving some furniture around and yep. start painting some walls.
0: Yep. Before we move forward, let's talk a little bit about your white on white signature aesthetic and you just sort of came up with that in the moment.
1: It just is always drawn to it. You know, I have a book out right now called Work in Progress and these stories of it came up. I got my mom to let me paint her avocado refrigerator white. I painted our bathroom white as a kid. It was just always part of my regime. It's so funny looking back. I just always loved white paint. It just changes everything.
0: Yeah, it does. So this then winds up really taking off because we now know that you have a show and you're a household name. How did that
1: happen? You know, there was this very gradual transition into interiors, I would say. You know, and as I look back, I I kept on doing all my fashion gigs because they they paid better and they allowed me to do the interior design stuff. So as I worked on these big kind of fashion production jobs and doing creative direction, I considered them my investor. You know, I'd say, all right, so – if i do this gig i get to do another room in the house or i get to do another interior design project where i'm hardly making a, a dime so i really had the kind of crossover for a while it was it was years and then i remember there was a point where i was standing on a beach like in the bahamas or somewhere trying to convince this client to buy this sofa and i was so <laughs> confused like my creative brain was kind of on all cylinders on both sides and i And I remember thinking like, okay, at this point, I'm diluting both of these. They had both become so successful that I had an awesome opportunity where I got to pick which one I wanted to do. But I also really dove into both of them in order to see if one became more relevant, whether I loved it more, whether it was more fulfilling, financially safer, just see how they panned out. So that was kind of a really good move. I'm impressed with my younger self for doing. Yeah. So you, at that point, left fashion and went all in? I remember, yeah, there was a time where I was like, okay, I have to start. I'm going to start saying no. So to say no to people that want to pay you to do a job is scary. Yep. But at the end of the day, I was like, okay, if I believe that I'm going to be an interior designer and I believe I'm good at it, and if I believe that this is my path, then it's time to jump Mm -hmm. and it worked. (laughs) So when you
0: did that and now you wanted to turn on the heat even more, how did you then go about building your platform and building the awareness so that you could get more clients
1: You know, I took on everything, any job, any side, little job, big, anything. You know, if my sister's friend wanted me to fix her family room, I went over and fixed her family room. If somebody wanted me to come rearrange furniture, I did that and I took a picture and As a creative director, I always, you know, I see things from a very visual point of view. So I would always take photos and post them and say, you know, just really simple on my iPhone, which was an old iPhone and really started little. And then what's incredible, especially in the interior design field, but I think in every freelance field Mm -hmm. is so many people need your skill. As soon as you say, this is what I'm doing and I'm available to help you, it's incredible how many people say, oh my gosh, come over, help me.
0: Yeah. And that's so clear. I want the audience to hear that. I want to just highlight what you just said. When people have that awareness of what you do mm-hmm. and how you can help them, they will call you. I love that you had that knowing and that you were very clearly communicating that over and over. Yes.
1: I mean, all you got to do is say open for business or who wants me to come over? I mean, it's really that simple. I think people miss that, right? They kind of get nervous. They think nobody's going to call them. So they don't even put anything out there. Yeah, It's just all about not being afraid to try it, not being afraid to blow it, not being afraid to mess up, not being afraid to fail. You know, like people do not do it because they're... They wanna fail by not doing it so that they're not gonna fail by doing it. I mean, it's all about trying and being okay to let it happen.
0: Yep, and now going back to what you said early on when the magazine feature came out and you said, look, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you're happy to learn alongside me, let's go. Mm-hmm. And you said, you know, you didn't know how to price this. How did you do that part?
1: I would say on a bigger scale, as a freelancer, know your worth, you know, know that you are bringing value to something. Know that you are going to, if you're working for a corporate company, you're going to make them more money than you're charging them. If you're working, doing a service for an individual, know that you're adding value to their life and judge accordingly. They're not doing a favor by hiring you. If you're good at what you do, you are worth it. So whether that's $10 an hour or a thousand bucks an hour, it totally depends on your time and what you can do. I think what happens is the busier you get or the more opportunities you get, the higher your price gets because you've got to weed out, you know, opportunities and you've got to use your time wiser. So as a freelancer in fashion, I remember I was getting so sick of styling and I didn't want to take any more jobs. So one day I got asked to do this job and I, just quoted double my rate. I literally just doubled it and kind of was assuming they'd say no. And, and they said yes. That was my new rate.
0: Oh <laughs> man, I love it. It was my new rate, never turned back. I love it. I've had that experience before and then you do it and you realize, huh, I could have- yeah. More. And I guess that's the way that you know what your price is, right? Like if you put something out there and people will say yes right away, that mm-hmm. happens 14 times, you're like, maybe I could charge more. You right. know, and if you put something out there and people have a lot of resistance, all right, so you can work on that.
1: So what is it in between of oh my gosh, I just won the lottery, and then also this is worth my valuable right. time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We have twenty
1: four yeah. hours, we all do, you know, so you have to pick a number that feels worth giving up something else to do. Well, this goes
0: back to your childhood slogan. I feel like there's a part of you and the way you talk, you just can feel it in your voice. There's there's a sense of self worth and there's a sense yeah. of confidence about you. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Oh, that comes from my parents. I mean, we were never afraid to fail. Okay, Kathy, you need to read Work in Progress. I'm going to send you one. But I wrote this book while I was pregnant with my now eight-month-year-old baby and it was the most incredible thing to kind of dissect my childhood and figure out why we are who we are you know my brother and I and my we have a big sister and we all have a confidence which I think it's one it's our relationship with our parents we're so supportive we tried everything every instrument we tried every art project we tried every sport we were bad at most of them it was okay you know (laughs) and then our faith like for me i have a you know my faith in god makes all of this stuff just for kicks
0: I love that so much. I love that your parents encourage you to be messy and just keep trying different things. And don't you worry, we are so getting to this book because you guys, this book like just came out and we are going to make sure that we get right to it.
1: Well, it's so funny because you and I are so aligned on big picture, right? And so aligned on trying to inspire others to create a life that they're proud of.
0: Yeah. I love that you even read any part of my book that's so generous of you. Um, I wanted to turn it back to you, but that's also part, I have to just say, that's part of why you're so successful is you have such a generous spirit and that's the flip so. side. When you have self-worth and yeah. you are able to love yourself, you can love other people. So it's actually very selfless to give that first to yourself, that empathy.
1: Well, absolutely. And you know, there's no competition involved, right? And there's it's, not in a creative industry, for me, I... Interior design is art. Art is subjective. There's enough room for all of us here. And, you know, your success does not equal my failure. And even in design, I mean, I call other designers still today and want to hash it out. How do you do this? What do you, you know, we really kind of help and support each other. There's room for everyone.
0: There is totally room. So, how did the television show come
1: about? Oh, man. I have a friend, Peter Barbie, who's this amazing musician. He has this band called Among Savages, and he told his buddy um, what was happening over in Pittsburgh about this kind of schoolhouse project. And turns out his friend was pitching shows for HGTV and finding new talent. What? I mean, so random. Oh my God. And so not random and so random. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's yeah. so true. And I was like, all right, Peter, I owe you beers for life. Uh, yep. You know. So but that was what, probably eight years ago at this point. That was so long ago. And it was I'd say five years from when we talked to when we were actually filming something. You know, everybody sees this path to success as from A to B, the straight line, and right, it's like right. a full-on spaghetti bowl. It's over, yep. up, and down again and around. And you know. while that was going back and forth with HGTV, they'd say, oh, we have an idea. We Oh, never mind. And I remember I wrote back once, I said, no worries. I'm here when you need me. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And I'm so thankful for that five-year window because mm. it allowed me to hone my craft, and it allowed me to make a name for myself in interior design and in editorial world, um, as opposed to just being seen on TV. And I really was able to kind of create my brand, my identity, get yep, grounded. Yep, yep, yep. You know.
0: So between the time that your friend says, I know someone who's working on development at HGTV, pitching shows, and the time that you actually started filming, for those people listening who are God, they would dream of that, having a show. What were some of the steps that took place? You were talking about really establishing who Mm -hmm. you are, what's your point of view? You were establishing your platform. What were the pieces that you realized needed to be in play for this to actually get greenlit?
1: Mm. I would say be yourself, which is like the most basic thing you could possibly think to say, but it is be you Because what happens is if you create a different identity to get a job or to get a show or to get anything, it's going to be exhausting and it's going to implode. So the biggest thing is like stand strong as to who you are and people will be drawn to that. They will come to you for what you're giving off. I mean- if you're uh, like angry, cranky designer, then be an angry, cranky yeah, designer. exactly. You exactly. know, be who you are, and let that be what people see, and and it will make life a lot easier. Like I look backwards, I'm like, I'm so thankful I didn't try to seem smarter or seem more advanced. Like I'm so thankful I didn't have any secret background lies that I had to, you know,
0: keep up all the time, keep like a up with persona, yeah.
1: yeah. And then the other thing was, I have a very specific style that is evolving. It's not gonna, I mean, it's ever evolving, but I kept true to that during the show. Like they just kind of asked me to do something that wasn't my style. And I'm like this little girl that's working with this massive network. And I, and I had to like, Put my foot down and say, "You guys, that's not me." And yeah. I'm an interior designer, and I will be one when the show is over. Yeah, and I need to be hired for what I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, were so certain, were there certain
0: tactical things that needed to happen, like creating a reel or starting to make your own content, or was that not as important? Yeah. as Like, yeah. what would be some of those pieces you would say that a network might, you know? I know it's such a long shot, but like, no, if no, that is someone's dream.
1: I mean, when you think about it. Think of how many channels there are. Think about how many hours there are. Think about how many networks, how many streaming. It's, people need content and you might just be the one to fill it. You know? So I would say the biggest idea I have, it's the same thing with being an interior designer as doing something for TV, which is create a book. Take pictures of everything you do and post them and put a website together. Everybody on the planet can have a website right now. And then if you want to do TV, film yourself, you know, get your friends to film you. Have your buddies edit it into something and get it out there because people are always looking for something and, you know, there's a good chance it could be you, especially now it's almost 2020. Yeah. And everybody is seen all the time. You know, the thing that kind of scared me about doing this show in the first place was um, I didn't want to be like kind of out there. And then I realized, wait a second, we're all out there anyway, you know? So let's create an identity and create a persona that is true and simple and somebody might come calling it's, or by the way, they never do. And you create awesome content on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need a network (laughs) at all.
0: Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. So what do you think was it ultimately that made them gravitate to you guys? Like what, what made them eventually be like, yeah, we're all in, let's do this.
1: Well, you know, a, a couple yes and no's and no's later with them, I was like, you guys, I work with my brother. If you want to talk about that, that's pretty fun and funny. And unfortunately, unfortunately for us, that's the one they loved. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, you know, my big brother is my contractor. Um, and they loved that dynamic. They loved seeing siblings together. And, you know, Steve and I love each other, but we're also like, we're not – all roses and we're very normal and they loved pittsburgh we grew up in pittsburgh and that's where we do our show and that's where our family is yeah i love it um and it's fun to be in your hometown that is so so cool (laughs) yeah there's um you know there is a book called acres of diamonds it's by russell conwell but there's a story in it about this guy who he heard that out in africa everybody was making their fortune finding diamonds. So he sold his farm in Africa to go find diamonds and he spent his whole life looking for diamonds. Well, he never found any, but the guy he sold his farm to stumbled upon the biggest diamond mine in the continent. So it goes to show you what you need is in your backyard, right? I love it.
0: It goes back to what you said a few minutes ago about how you don't have to be someone you're not. You could actually lean into like, Mm-hmm. I have a brother, we live yeah. in Pittsburgh he, and, they, he, and they might just like that better than you're, you trying to reach and be something you're not.
1: Right. I'm like, I pay him in beer. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's so true. The lean in is such a, you know, is such a real concept. It's like, okay, what are your, what are you good at? What, are, why are you special? You know, it's like, um, there's this book that my daughter has that our friend gave us called dear girl. And it's like, dear girl look at what is different about you and thank it. You know, it's like, thank you, Freckles. Thank you, Birthmark. Like, you know, thank you, Crazy Hair. And it's so true. Like we as adults need to do that and think about what makes us unique and special. And, you know, we live in a time where that's a good thing. Being unique is a good thing. And I'm so glad that just makes for a lot more happy souls.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. Leanne? You're so amazing. But before we keep going, let's just take a quick ad break. I've never been the most organized person, but as an entrepreneur, I always make sure to know my numbers because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. And I get how hard it can be to track sales, accounting, inventory. You just try all these different systems and it ends up being a huge mess. That's why I love NetSuite by Oracle the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy to use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. NetSuite is super convenient. It manages sales, finance, and accounting, orders and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. No more wasting your time and money. No more unnecessary headaches. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, 7 Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. That's netsuite.com slash dreamjob to download your free guide, 7 Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash dreamjob i love to see a woman walk into the room like she owns it the ultimate boss babe confidence beaming and just a little sparkly accessory to catch the eye lightbox jewelry is a new company that makes gorgeous lab-grown diamonds which are essentially chemically the same as natural ones every single stone from lightbox is the same high quality so they're priced the same at 800 dollars per carat Everything on their site is absolutely beautiful and sparkly. They have earrings, necklaces, bracelets, and they even come in cool colors like pink and blue. I think this would be the perfect gift to brighten up someone's day, even if it means buying one for yourself. So treat yourself to a little sparkle to get $25 off your first order. Go to lightboxjewelry.com slash dream job and use promo code dreamjob at checkout. That's $25 off your first order by going to lightboxjewelry.com slash dream job promo code dreamjob. So a couple more pieces here, and then we're going to dive into the book. Uh, You have said that you actually enjoy doing your own marketing and PR and you've been featured so many times. How do people create opportunities for themselves and get over the thought of like, I hate self-promotion. I feel so icky and uncomfortable talking about what I do and who I am. Well,
1: those people might need to keep their day job. (laughs) Yep. Sing it, sister. I'm sorry. I, I have to say it. But like, if you, you know, I was spending... I spent 15 years promoting every other brand, making all these other brands (laughs) relevant and interesting and getting them in magazines. And one day I was like, wait a second, why I should just do that for my brand. And like, believe me, I'm not over here taking a selfie. It's not my natural state, but I love talking about my work. I love talking about design. I love inspiring other people to do design, which is how I know I'm in the right business. You know? I wouldn't be right in doing a beauty line and taking a picture of my face all day. It's just not my nature. So find something that you naturally want to talk about. Yeah. And if you're timid about telling people that you do it, you might want to think long and hard about it if you should be doing that on your own because the only person that's going to be able to support you is you. That's true. I mean, did you ever read Guerrilla Marketing? Guerrilla Marketing was this book I read probably in high school and it was like, Put your business card down every time you pay a bill. Tell everybody what you do. It's like throwing it out into the universe. So you have to. It's not icky. And in my field, I feel like what I'm doing is a service to others. Yeah. And that's it. Better believe I'm trying to make some money along the way because this I got more chairs to buy. But at the (laughs) end of the day, like I want to help A help you have a beautiful home, but mm-hmm. even bigger than that, because I can't get into all your homes, I want to help you figure out what to do to make your own beautiful home. Yep. Like on my website, I give away links to where we bought everything, what the paint color is, you know, how to do this, how to put this up, things that I kind of learned the hard way or messed up. Or I want people to have that information because the more people that love their homes, the happier this little planet is. You know?
0: So true. And I love that you really equate that. You know, it's like you're not self promoting yourself for the sake of being bigger. It's really about helping more people. And so you're gonna do it if it means that more people are gonna come home to a place that they feel Mm -hmm. they don't wanna leave. They wanna spend more time there. What greater gift to create for someone? It's
1: the best because I really can't come to everyone's house. And to be honest, I don't even want to, but I want everyone to have a beautiful home. So I'm in the process now of kind of working through like what Leanne Ford interiors is, what leanneford.com is like, how do I um, create more content to help people go there and find out how to do something like right now it's still, you know, it's kind of like, I give it away and I can will continue to give it away but I have to figure out okay even as a small business you know I'm still a small business and kind of always evolving and I think that's the other thing as creatives we are always evolving.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of always evolving, you then wrote a book which I is a big a deal. It's a big oh deal. Work in progress unconventional thoughts on designing an extraordinary life. So what inspired you To want to write this book?
1: You know, there was two things. People kept asking how we got to HGTV. So as we kind of broke down that story, it became more interesting to get into the weeds of it. Yeah. But also my favorite reason and what what really convinced me to like, all right, let's do it is why we aren't afraid to fail. And, -hmm. you know, we touched on that um, earlier, but I was everybody asks me, okay, Leanne, why do you have such confidence to create or put yourself out there? And, you know, the reality is, is like, I'm okay to be imperfect. I'm okay to mess up. I'm okay to fail. I'm very, very accepting of the fact that I'm human, you know, and it really makes life a lot easier and it makes it a heck of a lot more fun.
0: That is so it. I mean, I really feel like that could be the beginning and end of the whole conversation. And it goes back to your parents and it goes back to you were raised with that willingness to try and it was okay. It's not really about it being perfect. It's really about playing and getting curious. And mm-hmm. I think that that is absolutely everything, what you yeah. just
1: said. And we never got our worth from what we accomplished, right? So we grew up with so many hugs and high fives and kisses. And, you know, yeah. we grew up with so much love that we never, it wasn't about who won the sophomore game, which was definitely the other team, by the way. Like it was yeah. not about it. It was about trying and creating and, and so much love in our home. So and special. It was And it's the best. And I hope to instill that it was so awesome to write this. I mean, I edited it in the labor room, literally, like I had the the labor room with my daughter. But it was so special to kind of dig into it. But we, ne- we don't get our worth from anyone else and from you know any outside source because if you're looking for a job to make you feel complete, it's not going to happen. If you're looking for a relationship to make you feel complete, it's not going to happen. So right? Like for me, the freelance and the job, the job is a bonus to a lovely life. It is not my life. It is not why my life is good. It is additional joy in my life. And that's the other thing is find something that brings you joy. You know, it's not going to be your joy, but if it adds to it, then you're on the right path.
0: I love that. How do you think that people can design and embrace an extraordinary life? What does it mean to be unconventional and extraordinary at the same time?
1: Yeah, I think it's as easy as just keep it loose you know do not try to control life do not try to control everything and everyone around you be open to paths that you didn't even think existed and look up open your eyes because there's all these opportunities that are around you and people that need your help and need your advice and you know whatever your industry is or whatever you are as a human being if you kind of like get out of your own shell and look around, there's so much opportunity and there's so much fun and joy. And once you are open to it, it comes swarming in, you know, flooding in. And I think that's a big thing. And the not trying to control things is really important. You know, I went to school for one thing that turned into a career and another thing that turned into a career and another thing. And honestly, like, I'm sure I'll be fifty five years old doing ceramics in my basement. Like that's what I'll you know, like it will ever evolve. And and why are we so bent on holding on to what the heck major we picked when we were eighteen exactly. years old? It's so true.
0: I know. It's so true. It's like right? onto this identity and we don't give ourselves it goes back to the being messy. It's like people yeah. don't wanna be in the unknown. They wanna somehow feel like this is what it is. They have a sense of control over it or they can stay in a place and then they get comfortable, which makes mm-hmm. them feel less scared. And for you, you're just always up for the next frontier.
1: Yeah. I'm a pioneer woman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I posted on my uh Instagram that this poster that I made um that says, if you're not making anyone nervous, you're not doing anything special. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I remember I said that once to a friend because he was all nervous about like doing this project for a client. And I was like, I'm going to write that down. And it's the same with me. I make myself nervous every project I do. You know, you go in during demo and you're like, um, where we, should we have done that wall? Oh no, You know, and you order your light <laughs> fixture and it's so massive. And you're like, is this too big? And guess what? Those are always the coolest part of the project, you know?
2: Mm, So So make
1: yourself nervous and like, enjoy that feeling instead of being so scared of it. Failure is a great tool. It's a learning tool. It's like, okay, I'm not good at this. Check it off the list. Or, okay, now I know you can't do this with this wall. It's just, it's progress. And like Einstein said, the fear of failure kills creativity.
0: Yep. That's for
1: sure. True. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, that's everything right there. It's everything.
0: And I'm just sitting here thinking what a blessing it is to have you as a mother because Mm -hmm. you're sharing this and, you know, your daughter and just having grown up hearing this, she's, you know, think of what that's going to provide for her in terms of resilience and possibility. So much possibility.
1: Thank you for saying that. She like took this big spill yesterday and didn't even cry. And I was like, that's my girl.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's
1: it. So true.
0: How many um, homes do you do a year? Just curious. Mm,
1: Wild card. Um, You know, for the show, like last season, we did 16 homes in eight months, something. Oh my God. That's so crazy if you think about it, ridiculous. Yeah. Like one home, you know, one home usually takes someone a A year or two to do. So yeah. Yeah. We're maniacs. So that's ridiculous. But that's also a really fun reason for me to do the show is getting that much creative juice flowing that fast. And somehow I never run out of ideas. That's how I know I'm in the right biz. Yeah, that's insane.
0: <laughs> do you feel like, how do you get inspired? Do you sit and talk with the family and ask them questions about what their, yeah what their
1: needs are? And then does that inspire you? I, it's more of a, a feeling and what they need to get out of their home. You know, so as an interior designer, I, at the end of the day, leave. I go yeah. home and you keep this house. So it's all about the client. So one, I, you make sure that we relate already. Like our aesthetics are already connected. Right. That makes your job a lot easier. I mean, I met with potential clients and they wanted everything to be red and glitter and fringe and I didn't, you know, I found them somebody else to work with. Yeah, it's just not sense. my aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. So but if you're aligned naturally, you know, first date, and then you kind of connect with what they love, what they need, what they're drawn to. And the best clients are people, they like cool things, they see cool things, you know, everyone's got their Pinterest boards, but they have no right. idea how to dissect it. And, and that's what the fun part is. I can look at five photos that you pulled and be like, Okay, well, you love oversized lights and these kind of chairs. I mean, it's like people have this aesthetic they don't even realize. So that's always fun to do. So we dissect that and then it's very important I always listen to the house, you know. I mm-hmm. I um the house has a style and even if it's like one little thing about it that is pulling in. Yeah. Then you go with it. There's always yin and yang, and there's always playing with you know high and low and this and that. But at the end of the day, don't fight what the house wants to be. Mm, I love You'll that. You'll lose. <laughs> and
0: for those of us listening, what is one piece of advice you have if we want our home to be a place where we want to dwell? Like, what's one thing that comes to your mind that makes a space feel so much more like a place we want to stay?
1: Put everything on dimmers. All your lights should be on dimmers. So in the daytime, it's bright and light and airy. And in the nighttime, it gets dark and moody and cozy. It's like your favorite restaurant, you know? Mm. Um, It's like that easy uh, to create a vibe, you know? And if you don't have dimmers, get some candles out and put them, light some candles at dinner, even if it's just with your family and you're eating leftovers, I'd say ambiance and how you feel in a space really is the biggest.
0: I love that. That's and, so white cool. paint. White and white paint. And white paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so tell the audience where they can find you and get your book and soak up more of your sweet spirit.
1: Well, thank you for talking about my book. That's so fun. It's crazy to think it's even out on the planet. But so Work in Progress is out on, you know, Amazon and Target and everywhere. But you can go to com and all those links are on there. And then my Instagram is um, where you can see all these pictures of all this crazy stuff I'm talking about.
0: You're so bright. You're so <laughs> grounded. You're such a light. Like it's like, it's very unusual to talk to someone who the energy is just so clear. It's like clear blue turquoise water, just like wow, cool and clean and kind. You can just tell there's just like a lot of love flowing in and out, a lot of good vibes, and uh, look where that's gotten you. So thank I you. It. So how awesome is Leanne? Okay, so here are the takeaways. Number one, when you pick a path, the universe is there to promote you and push you forward. Number two, as soon as you say, this is what I'm doing, I'm open for business. I'm available to help you. Your customers will emerge and say, come help me. Number three, there's room for all of us here. Your success does not equal someone else's failure. Number four, be yourself. Stand strong as to who you are. People will be drawn to that. Number five, look at what is different about you and think it. Number six, accept the fact that you're human. It makes life a lot easier and a heck of a lot more fun. Number seven, if you aren't making anyone nervous, you aren't doing anything special. And number eight, keep it loose. Be open to paths and opportunities you didn't even think existed. Okay, now I wanna celebrate your wins. So Sam wrote in our Facebook group and she said, just 10 days ago, I posted in this group that I wanted to get to 100 listings in my Etsy shop by December 1st. I asked if anyone wanted to join me. The response was way more than what I was expecting, but I love it. I started a little challenge group and we have been encouraging each other to reach our goal ever since. I am proud to say I now have 103 items in my Etsy shop and a wonderful group of supportive Etsy ladies. Sam, I already told you in the Facebook group, I commented on your post that I love this so much. Thank you for starting this challenge and rallying more makers to get into action and just create and keep creating that accountability is so valuable and i can't wait to see how many more awesome creations come from this and it's all because you had the courage to put yourself out there and have empathy for other people and get this started you guys you can go check out sam's amazing earrings necklaces and other cute jewelry pieces on etsy her shop is shine and marvel okay here's the next win lizzie said two really quite exciting wins for me one i made a 100 sales on etsy Two, I got the keys to my own studio. P.S. I walked to the studio this morning, listening to the first chapter of Kathy's audiobook. I was close to tears in the street. Thank you so much for sharing so much inspiration. Lizzie, congrats, congrats, congrats! That's just so, so, so cool. I love, love those updates. A hundred sales on Etsy. Are you joking? That's amazing. And thank you so much for getting my audiobook and listening to it. I'm so touched to hear that it's speaking to you and lighting that spark inside of you. Keep shining your light. You can go give Lizzie some love. Check out her beautiful pottery on her Etsy shop. Croucher Lee. That's C-R-O-U-C-H-E-R-L-I. If you have a win, then we want to know. If you guys have been reading the book or listening to the podcast and there's something that's going on that's shifting because of it, please let us know. You can post it in the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group, or you can DM me on Instagram at Kathy.heller, Kathy's with the C. I read every single note, so you can definitely say hi to me there. We have so many good episodes coming up, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And if you're loving this message and the show, the best way you can help us is tell a friend about the podcast, share this episode or another episode, let them know how they can listen to it how they can subscribe and give them a couple of your favorite episodes so they can get a taste of what this is all about if you have not already bought my book or downloaded the audio i'd love you to get it i think that it'll absolutely help you and what i'm going to be doing very soon is i'll be starting a book club for my book and i'll be popping onto social media once a week live and i'll be going over um, a chapter a week of the book and i will be talking about my favorite takeaways and giving you sort of the backstory on why i wrote certain things and we can sort of unpack it and I'll answer questions. So I'd love for you to get the book so that you can go through it with me. So you can go to Amazon and get it, barnesandnoble.com, your local indie awesome bookstore, or you can just download it from Audible. Either way, I would love for you to have this book. So go ahead and grab your copy. It's also a really great gift to give away for the holidays. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that you could be doing so many other things with your time and it means the world that you're here. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend and I'll talk to you on Monday.